Welcome to Vimy Air. This is episode number six. My name is Sam Fix. I'm a teacher here at Vimy Ridge Academy. With me is Mr. Travis Rollheiser, the third best high school social teacher at Vimy, and Mr. Blair Faulkner, the best looking guy on the podcast. Hey guys, how's it going? Wow, he really got a tire pump. What happened <laughs> to me? Was, that was good. Third uh, best. That's pretty good, isn't oh, it? And, and it's completely true. Maybe fourth, fifth, sixth, maybe. Isn't how many high school social teachers are there? Yeah. There's three. There's three. Okay. Yeah. Uh, four. Yeah. No, there's four. There's four. Hey, oh, Rolly, when are we going to take over the intros so that maybe... I, I, don't, uh, I don't want it. He's been doing a great job. It, okay. Fair enough. <laughs> this is definitely an episode people are going to want to listen listen to in its entirety because we have some some pretty great guests on this one. The, uh, the, all, the all accent episode, Jamie Wilson, Selena Jensen, pretty exciting. Is this our first overseas guest? It is. Selena so. was calling in from Denmark. That's dedication to the podcast right there. Yeah, that's Number exciting. one she, fan maybe she of Vimy. She loves here. Vimy. She's pretty amazing, but we'll get into that in a minute here. Uh, guys, we need to introduce our new producer. The Vimy Ooh. Air team mm-hmm. is growing and it's this is exciting. And we are way better because of this person. So uh, let me introduce our producer. She is the real teacher of the year. She's on grad council. She coached volleyball. She coached indoor soccer. She is the Honorary Coach of the Year for Handball in Metro Edmonton. She is the best athlete in the building, both staff and student. But more importantly, she's my step-cousin. Welcome, Miss <laughs> Kathy Fenton, as wow. the producer of this podcast. <laughs> Hello, guys. What an entrance. Thank you so much. So I'm just... excited to have you on board. Oh, we yeah, should have had you. even a little drum roll with it, too, maybe, yeah. or some music intro for no, it. No, no. I, uh, I wish I was like stretching, could make my own, but I'm not that talented. Um, and a lot of those uh, things you claim about me too, I don't know if they're, they're uh, actually true, but thank you very much. Happy to be here. Okay. Before we get into anything serious, I have a real question for uh, Trav. Trav, what time did you set your alarm clock for the last time you set it? Uh, well, here, let me just look through, look through my Telecaster. Um, my current alarms are set for 8.02 and 8.04 AM. So that in my opinion, odd. I think like, so We've talked about this before, but I think it's funny and the listeners need to hear it. I think you're borderline psychopath for how you set times. Can you, can you explain why it's not eight and eight Oh five and eight ten? Well, I, I know where this conversation is going to go and it's going to go one of two ways and probably not the good way in my favor, but it makes me so uncomfortable. And again, I'm already getting hot and sweaty just talking about it, but I can't set an alarm for eight o'clock, eight 30 or eight 15. It has to be yeah, eight Oh one, eight Oh seven, eight 14, something like I, I can't do something that's right on. Can't do it. Won't refuse. Uh, but here's one thing that this goes completely against my, my alarm situation is like, if I'm turning up the volume on a TV, it has to be like 30, 45, whatever. I can't, I I, I can't leave it at like 41. It doesn't say, and I know it's completely backwards. I know it doesn't make any sense and I don't know either, but. So what, uh, what would happen, uh, Rawheiser, if if the bell schedule ran on like that eight o'clock, eight thirty timetable at Vimy, just kids are getting held in or nothing's happening. Yeah. The kids would be dismissed a minute, a minute earlier, a minute late. <laughs> um, okay, so in light of this being Kathy's very first time joining us on our podcast, do you guys remember oh. the very, very first time you stepped into your own classroom, the very first day of teaching? Not student teaching, the very first day of your own class. I, uh, I remember. And so this goes back to my 
I'll go back to my first day at Roslyn Junior High, and I walked in to teach uh, grade eight math in a computer lab, and it didn't have any whiteboards, and it just had a whole bunch of, it was a computer lab, and I was supposed to teach math out of there. Um, it was interesting. I remember walking into that being, oh, this is my classroom. So yeah, that was interesting. My very first class, I remember thinking like, well, no expectations on how to actually run a class. I've never done a first day. I remember planning to go through like the course outline, expectations, all that kind of stuff, thinking it would take like the full 70, 80 minutes, whatever the class was. Took about 12. So immediately done, I have no idea what I'm supposed to do the rest of the class. And I'm just like asking random questions to the students. And this one girl in front, she goes, so like, how long have you been teaching for? Like, do you even know what you're supposed to do? And I remember just looking back at the <laughs> clock behind me and being like 16 minutes. Nope. And then everyone was just <laughs> laughing. And then from that on out, it was, it was smooth sailing. It was pretty good. But um, my first experiences, I, I only had all phys ed my first year. So I didn't really have the classroom, but I didn't really know where I was supposed to be either. So my first day, I like sat in the office while everyone was running around and I had to sit there and wait for a Weinberger to come and get me. I felt like I was in trouble and I really shouldn't have been there. But uh, my, my next year, I actually got into the, the science classroom, I guess. But I was in the same one, too, as one of my mentor teachers. So it felt a little bit same, but still very new and quite scary. Um, switching gears a little bit here. I got a question for Sam. Oh, no. no. I know. And, <laughs> and maybe rehashing some of the, uh, some of the, uh, the comedy that we've had in, in other episodes. But Sam, when you go to the grocery store and pick up the veggies and and that portion of the uh, grocery store what do you call that produce produce or produce i would say produce oh. did i say produce in the other episode there was a there was a produce before you you change your speech every episode because you you clearly said pillow the one time too and i called you out and you're like no i say pillow i do say pillow and that was a mistake and i made a mistake but you guys are so hung up on how to do things perfectly every single time like 802 804 like you guys are psychopaths. I say produce and produce because you spell it. And whatever. Okay. Okay. Did you know what I was saying? Did you know I was talking about spinach and bananas and anything in the like fresh area? After or, I giggled could in you, my could, head about how you said it. Yes, I did. So if I said couch, but I also called it a sofa, you, you know that I'm talking about a Chesterfield. Is that correct? Right. And yeah. if you wore trousers to school, it'd be the same as the slacks that you're wearing and the pants that you have on. Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so whichever Our English department would be so proud of you guys right now. <laughs> yes. There's so many synonyms. Yeah. We talked mm -hmm. about our first first classroom, and and I'm sure you guys felt as uncomfortable as I did. Um, I've found that this new this new thing we're doing on this podcast has made me feel as self conscious and as comfortable as being a new teacher, hearing my voice uh, again and again and again, and then hearing all the silly things that I say when I'm uncomfortable or if I'm trying to start something new. And the thing I say over and over and over again is K so. When we <laughs> when we transition from one one thing to another one, I say K so, K so, and I say it a thousand times, and it makes me nauseous hearing myself. Um, what do you, what do you guys say and hear about yourself on this podcast? I say K at the start of almost every sentence. I think, or like if I'm trying to somehow interrupt you guys, it's K. And then I wait and then I speak and I like no idea why I do that. And it's so like same thing that you said. It's so frustrating when you listen to yourself back. Oh yeah. And I'm, uh, I just said it. Um, um, okay. Um, we might have to have our listeners count how many times we say our, our little bits. 
and have a running record of it. I don't know. It is what they don't know is how many times I edited out out of us saying queso or um or we'll have to see what Kathy comes up with. Yeah, I was gonna say I'm I'm definitely new to this part of it, but I know one of my like teacher comment feedbacks in my student teaching was apparently I say showcase a lot. Like this showcases to you. I've never heard you say that word. This is showcase. I didn't think I said it that much either, but I got like a lot of my feedback. There's about maybe seven of the however many kids in the class at the time said, uh, like, went well, said showcase too much. Wow. I love it. So now I'm, I'm very so glad you don't say showcase ever. I know. I'm very glad you don't say that anymore. This happened to me the other day, and I'm going to ask, I'm assuming it's happened to probably all of you, but uh, have you guys ever gone to wave to someone and somebody's in between the person that you want to wave to and that middle person who you probably don't know waves back to you and then you don't know what, what to do? Have yes. you guys ever had that happen to you? Oh my goodness. A little bit. I, I actually think of this one time we were in the hallway, main hallway at Vimy. Sam was standing, Mr. Fix was standing way back by the office or like by the shield at the front doors. And I was way down the hallway, like by Mr. Copeland, uh, by the social study ISP rooms. A student, female student walked out of the washroom in the main hallway and Sam whistled at me. And it looked like she thought I was whistling at her or waving oh, at her. No. And I'm going, nope, I'm trying to point back and look down the hallway. And Mr. Fix just ducked into the office and there's nobody there. So then I just <laughs> turned the corner and went to the gym and I'm like, oh, he totally got me. So similar to that story. But yeah, he, he got That's me. way better than mine. <laughs> I learned I, I learned that one from you, Rolly. You, you got me like three times in a row. Like, what? Like waving at me from the end of the hallway and there's students in between us. Like, why, why are you doing that? Just trying to sue me. And then you told me like, yeah, that's, I think it's the funniest thing in the it world is. when it's someone waves at a group of people, even though they're not ready for it. It actually might be my favorite thing ever. You're just the, the most friendliest, most positive person out there, Mr. Rohan. <laughs> oh, that's, that's not true. No one's really ever called me friendly before, but thank you. <laughs> not just any of the students we've had on. You've been scary. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I got to change my persona next year. All right, guys, that's enough of you. We're going to head on to our next guest, which is Jamie Wilson. Okay, our next guest on Vimy Air is our second baseball guest. Uh, It's his very first year teaching at Vimy Ridge Academy. He originated from the wonderful, fantastic, and welcoming country of New Zealand. He played for his home country in the World Baseball Classic, I think, three times, or twice, supposed to be three times. He has a fantastic accent, and he's my hallway buddy. Please welcome to the Vimeo Podcast, Mr. Jamie Wilson. All right. Thank you, Les. Thanks for Great to on. have you. Thanks for coming on, Mr. Wilson. You're also my uh, grade eight math partner as well. So it's nice, to, uh, it's nice to talk with you again. That's right. I got all these connections here, except for you fixing it. What's going on? Yeah. <laughs> I've just been spreading the word that you're Australian underground. That's exactly so, why. so that's my connection. Speaking of accents, Rolly mentioned it. I ha- I'm fascinated by all accents but I have this thing that I always think about and I want to know what other people think about it. So if you listen to an Aussie or a New Zealand person sing, they sing in a Canadian accent. They don't sound Australian or they don't sound New Zealand. What, like what's, does that mean that we don't have accents and you do? Hmm, I mean, that's a good question. I, I see that comparisons a lot. If you sing, do you have an accent? Uh, I would sing as a loose term, but uh, (laughs) I'd say the only reason we would sound like a Canadian per se is, because if we just, if we sound like the way we talk, no one would understand the word we say. 
Yeah, so that's fair. Make it a bit more clear for us and a bit easier for the. Uh, when you get going and start talking quick, I have no clue what you're saying. That's right. And this is within school walls, too. Man. Yeah. You can imagine all this like that. Okay, I think, well, we were talking about it before. Can you do a Canadian accent for us? Oh, yeah, for sure, buddy. Head down to Timmy's and grab a double double, you know, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty Canadian good accent. actually I've been like, practicing nothing else to do with my spare time I've just been putting on some litter Kenny and you know, nice. trying to figure it out okay uh, sticking with the accent thing um, what's the difference between an Aussie accent and a New Zealand accent oh man that's a challenge it's kind of like comparing Canadian and the US accents I'd say the biggest difference is Australians are far more nasal so they speak mainly out of their nose well, New Zealanders kind of speak like they have cotton balls in their mouth, and they kind of like mumble. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. okay, that's kind of clarifies it, I guess. Well, yeah. that's a good, that's yeah, a good, that was, good that description. Very well executed over there. Yeah. Thank you, sir. Thank you. I think another good way of explaining it is that we hyphenate all of our words together. We don't really have a pause. Yeah, I've noticed that. Australians like instead of a pause, they will elongate their vowels. So Australian, New Zealanders will just kind of like mumble it all together, like New Zealand. Does that make sense? Okay. Yeah. yeah, I got you. Mr. Wilson, how is, uh, how's your first year at Vimy been with the with baseball program, with uh, teaching your subjects? How's, uh, what's life at Vimy like for you this year before shutdown? Oh. Well, before shutdown, of course. Well, uh, I mean, it's been a fantastic start to my career here at Vimy. I've uh, highly enjoyed every step of it, I must admit. The first couple of weeks were very daunting. I went from a school of about 400 to what, 1,200? And I went from elementary size kids to junior high and high school size kids. So besides getting used to the students, that was probably the biggest hurdle. Um, I mean, the staff here has been exceptional. Everyone brought me under their wing. I don't know if it's because I have an accent or I stand out like a sore thumb. But for the most part, uh, I've loved every, every part of it. I've got some fantastic uh, teaching colleagues here and my baseball colleague, CJ. He's a good friend of mine from back in New Zealand. He actually started playing baseball together when I was 14. Wow. So yeah, the connections are everywhere here. Um, I like the fact that the staff is majority young and they have the same kind of interests as me. Yeah. As you can imagine, I didn't have a lot in common with elderly elementary school teachers. We've actually ended up talking about love quite a bit on this podcast. And Mr. Rollheiser yeah. has recently uh, uh, what, what, how, become engaged with his, his girlfriend. I don't yeah, know if you heard that. Yeah, we touched so on that in a previous, in a previous episode. Um, so let's focus you, on our guest. a wedding coming up. Is that correct? That's correct. Okay. So before we get into what's happening with that, I want to hear your story on how you proposed. Wow. Oh, yeah. yeah. All right. Well, hey, um, I was quickly uh, approaching 30 there and I, I found my fiance right now. Uh, a couple of years ago, we've been together and I've been humming and hiring about how and when I could do it. Um, so she's a big, big Christmas girl. She's, like, she's obsessed. Christmas trees up November 1st. doesn't come down until February 1st. Like, she's obsessed with it. It's her favorite okay. day. So, you know, being uh, the brain I am, I uh, hit up Spence Jewelry and I popped the question Christmas morning. And I said I had to set up like a whole bunch of uh, presents and stuff, but me... Really, I just had to like set up a couple of flowers. I, uh, I videotaped it as well on a GoPro. And, but for the most part, I was just nervous walking around up and down the stairs. I couldn't, <laughs> couldn't go back in that door. And I finally mustered up the courage there and uh, pulled the trigger and here we are. Do you, do you remember what you said or did you just completely black out and you have no idea what came out of your mouth? Yeah, I definitely like stumbled on my words a lot. Like I'm usually pretty clear when I talk, but I was 
I was shaking. I was nervous. I had the dry sweats going on. I feel but, like uh, we all have very similar experiences. <laughs> that's right. Man. Like I tried to be as romantic as I possibly could. Wow, good for you. And okay, that's so exciting. what uh, what are the plans for for the wedding now? Like, is it gonna get pushed back, canceled, postponed? What's the plan there? Yes, I just had a real awkward phone call with my fiance Shannon, and uh, we have just pushed back our wedding twelve months. So oh, we've had to cancel the wedding July 18th. Yeah, I know. It sucks. I mean, we could try, but I have about 30 or 40 New Zealanders flying up for the wedding. Oh, so, yeah, right yeah. And right now, New Zealand's in its third week of lockdown. The whole country's locked down. So I can't really expect them to take another month off work and get everything yeah, else in line. And like three of my four groomsmen are New Zealanders. So I couldn't really get mad at that, those lads besides me. Yep. So July, oh, we just decided this, July 2nd. Good, good memory. Good thing you remember That's that. Right. Moving on to some more positive stuff, because we've said this many, many times, we're all about positivity. Um, you're in a Disney movie. You're basically yeah. a Hollywood star. What Disney movie were you a part of, and where can we find this? Oh, man. yeah. People do call me Hollywood on the streets, but uh, no. <laughs> the streets. Um, I was uh, grade, <laughs> grade eight, I believe. First week at school, and um, a Disney show, or Disney director, I guess, approached our baseball club there in New Zealand, and they're like, hey, we need some extras. Uh, we need some baseball players to join in with our production. And the movie was called Eddie's Million Dollar Cook-Off. There, it is on YouTube. Uh, I was uh, being all proud and whatnot. And I was showing uh, Miss Fenton. And she hasn't stopped laughing in my face. <laughs> now, uh, okay, so tie into some of that with the uh, sort of shutdown that's going on. And uh, we've talked recently on this podcast about what everyone's doing for, for grooming and for, for haircutting. And speaking of hair, we heard rumor that you used to wear the dreadlocks. Is this oh, true? Man. Really? You did your homework, didn't you? Yeah, that's right, mate. I uh, had dreadlocks twice, actually. Once. I went back a second time. They were so good. <laughs> exactly. Well, funny story. So the first time I got it, I found a barber that would do it. So he did my friend's hair and my hair for like 100 bucks, which is unheard of. And anyway, they were really poorly done. We thought we were really cool being 11 years old with dreadlocks. You know, being in New Zealand, we wanted to be those surfer guys, but it didn't quite pan out that way. Anyway, fast forward a few more years. I grew up my hair again in grade 10, I want to say. And uh, yeah, I got dreadlocks done correctly this time. They were down to about my shoulder. Um, however, two weeks after I spent all this money and hurt my head getting these dreadlocks done, I went to an Australian baseball academy that was run by the Major League Baseball. Our first training, and this is like a really good opportunity to sign contracts or get a scholarship. Anyway, I'm warming up and playing cash. I notice a bunch of guys behind me talking. I hear the name Wilson. I'm like, yes, this is my, my time. I'm going to get a contract first day in. This is going to be magical. <laughs> Wilson, get over here. So I get run over. He said, hello, sir. They're like, hey, you got two options. I was like, oh, yes. <laughs> College or what minor team am I going to go to? Now you can either get in, get in the car and go to the airport and head home, or you can go to the barber's carpet. And <laughs> so now you can, you can imagine how my heart dropped there. I was like, oh, I looked around, <laughs> took one more selfie, and uh, decided to chop him. So will, we, uh, see, will we see the dreadlocks again if this uh, lockdown, if we continue this any longer? Man, how about this? I'll grow our dreadlocks again if this dare, if this lockdown goes until we'll call August long weekend the cutoff day. Really? Right. Okay, yeah, I think we we'll hold you to that. It's on Vimy Live. Here we go. Okay, uh, you're a pitcher, right? Correct. What's the fastest or the hardest you've ever thrown? A 90 mile an hour is my fastest. However, it was in Taiwan in 2012, and it wasn't during a live game or against an at bat or even with an umpire. There it was during my warm up pitches. So no one was there to actually witness this. 
oh, there's a few people in the dugout and everyone behind me, but uh, I mean, <laughs> I went, really I went loud halfway up the backstop. So like, it was my first pitch. I had like all my adrenaline running and I just tried to, like, just got to throw it as hard as I can and get all those nerves up. Well, I missed the catcher by about 30 feet when I had the backstop in front of uh, 15,000 people. It was pretty, uh, pretty exciting. Just it was outside. <laughs> yeah. It was streamed live on cable in New Zealand too. So I got a few messages when I got home. Wow. Uh, so you were supposed to play again for New Zealand in the World Baseball Classic. Um, that that would have been right about now. Yeah, right? it would have gone over the spring break. So okay. Um, so can you talk to us or tell, tell the listeners maybe about what the World Baseball Classic is, its significance, how you basically got into that program? Sure. Uh, well, the World Baseball Classic is like the equivalent of the World Cup of Baseball. Um, for years and years and years, baseball was part of the Olympics. However, that changed recently in the early 2000s, and there was no real um, table for the highest athletes for each country to participate against each other. So Major League Baseball created this tournament called the World Baseball Classic, which basically incorporates every single country that is world-ranked uh, or trying to be world-ranked, and you have an opportunity to qualify. This tournament happens every four years and the qualification happens every four years too. So we was, should have gone down to uh, Arizona to play in March, but uh, due to the COVID-19 outbreak that was canceled. Very cool, very cool. So you mentioned the, the 90 mile an hour halfway up the backstop embarrassing moment. What's your most embarrassing moment as a teacher in the classroom or in the hallways or just working? Oh, I, to be honest, I feel like I, I brush away a lot of the embarrassment, but I'll tell you my first story as an elementary teacher. Uh, first day, it was, I was taking on a temporary contract for the rest of the year. And my first day, I had to take my 30 grade six students to the ledge. There's a few issues with this. Number one, we had no buses booked. So I was like, all right, well, we can figure it out. They're like, yeah, we're going to catch the bus. And then the LRT. And oh, then you're no. going to get into wow. the ledge. I was like, all right. So there's, there's three issues here. Number one, I don't know what a ledge is. <laughs> Two, what is an LRT? And three, I've never caught a bus in Edmonton before. Like so you can race. just imagine how nervous I was. Oh, and by the way, 30 brand new students, didn't know one name. And we had no parent volunteers. What, what grade is this, sorry? Grade six. Grade six. Yeah, so man, I, I didn't sleep a wink on that Sunday night before work. And I think I got to work at six o'clock in the morning trying to organize everything out. And I'm stressed. I didn't have one gray hair before that field trip. <laughs> and now I'm basically coated. In but uh, we managed to get there. I only lost like three and a half kids and uh, managed to come back. <laughs> three and a half. No, nah, I'm kidding. It was, it was a stressful day, but I mean, it was a great way to start. Something when we're both, when both parties are so uncomfortable that we, we managed to build that relationship on that day because I was like, hey, I have no idea. I need some help. So we basically like, leveled the drawing fields there. And from then on, I had like the best year ever as an elementary teacher. I had no implications to become an elementary teacher. However, it was like a really, really fun stepping stone to get to where I am now. What a positive guy. He just fits, fits with what we wrote, what we have here. Holy. <laughs> huge, huge positivity. And, and you know what, Mr. Wilson, thank you very much for coming on to the, uh, to the Vimeo podcast and sharing your stories and uh, making us all look forward to your dreadlocks next time we, uh, we see you in the classroom. So yes. thanks again, Mr. Wilson. Hey, you're very welcome. Thanks thank, for having me out guys. Th I appreciate thanks, it. thanks a lot. All right. Thanks again to Mr. Jamie Wilson. It's fun to hear his perspective on his uh, life here at Vimy with his first year and his stories from baseball. Now, 
I'm wondering how hard do you think you guys can throw a baseball? And Gil. Okay, I I got one. Well, I I can't throw because my shoulder's gassed. I can guarantee that Kathy can throw as hard as anyone at Vimy. So I played on I played on her on her. This is granted slow pitch, but she has an absolute cannon. Just throws it on a rope. An absolute missile. I don't know. We got to get her up in the shooting cage and uh, test this once we get back to school. Mm -hmm. Did you play slow pitch or softball as a kid? Uh, I played baseball when I was younger for two years, like probably when I was 10 and 11 and then didn't touch it ever again. We did have the opportunity to go out with baseball a couple times. And I will say after seeing their program, I don't think I can throw as hard as any of those kids out there. So okay. uh, you're, you're too humble. Sorry you're too to humble. the baseball. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's, uh, let's move this on from one humble person to another. Uh, let's listen to Selena Jensen. Okay, our next guest is our first guest from overseas. She's calling from Denmark. She loves her family and she loves dogs. She is an amazing badminton player. She started a Vimy knitting club. She's passionate about languages and other cultures, and that's actually what brought her here. So welcome to the podcast, Selena Jensen. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for joining us, Selena. What, uh, what time is it where you are right now? Um, it's 9 p.m. Holy. And so you're in Denmark. Whereabouts in Denmark? Like what, what, what city are you in? Um, I'm in a small city called Valers and it's situated like um, about 25 minutes from Copenhagen. So it's kind of close. Very cool. One of the things that Mr. Fix talked about in that little intro about you is uh, your badminton skills. And just as we were, um, just as school kind of got shut down for us, our badminton team, we had to put the halt to it. And you were one of the players on our badminton team. Now during practice, is it true that you beat Mr. Fix? <laughs> what? Beat yeah. is an understatement. She throttled me. <laughs> I don't know if I, if I beat Mr. Fix, but it was a good game. It was a good match and it was kind of close. It wasn't yeah. close. I got, she beat me 11-3 and the three points I got were mistakes that she made. So w- one thing that we've come to learn on the podcast is A, Mr. Fix hates to lose. B, Mr. Fix doesn't lose. So if you did beat him, you have to tell us. Okay, I, I beat Mr. Fix. Yes, you did. Yes. <laughs> yes. So that talks about how good your, uh, your racket skills are. Now, where, um, how long have you been playing badminton for? A couple of years. Um, I started when I was young because all my friends were playing and then I just, I loved it. So I kept playing. Um, and I think I will start again when um, the badminton club opens because I really like to play. You were, you were a very good player, Selena. Yeah, it would have been nice to see you uh, continue on with our, with our Vimy yeah. Raiders team. Definitely. So Selena, um, you ended up in Vimy when you, when you chose the exchange program. Can you tell us a little bit about the process of signing up for the exchange program and how you ended up at Vimy? Did you choose Canada? Did you choose Vimy? Or did you just happen to end up at Vimy? I actually didn't choose uh, Canada or Vimy. Um, I had five priorities of countries to go to and Canada was my first priority because I just thought it was a beautiful country. Um, and I thought Canada was, um, was like Banff and Jasper everywhere. <laughs> but then it, yeah, it's and then I just ended up at Vimy and I'm really glad that I ended up at Vimy because I think it's an amazing school. 
and I wish there was a school like Vimy in Denmark with all the programs and the teachers and all the clubs and sports activities. And can you tell our listeners, uh, what program did you attend while you were at Vimy? I attended uh, Outdoor Pursuits and it was amazing. Um, I had never been in a program like that before and I didn't know that a program like that existed. So uh, continuing to speak about programs and clubs, you were one of the people at Vimy who started, I think you actually were the person who started the knitting club at Vimy. How did that come about? Why, why did you choose knitting? How did that become a passion of yours? In the beginning of the year, I wasn't good enough to get on any of the sports team. And I really loved <laughs> to be on that team. So then I started a knitting club. Oh, great. That's awesome. Now, when you were at Vimy, what was, uh, what was one of your highlights? Uh, I have a lot of highlights. Um, I think every morning when I was um, in the library waiting for Mr. Smith and my classmates to come, um, because we were always meeting in the library, and then the camping trips and the lunches um, with all the clubs, and then every time I went to Miss um, Suckman's office <laughs> to ask her um, for help with announcements and just meeting all the teachers in the hallways. And I have so many amazing memories from Vimy. So how, how does Vimy differ? How is Vimy different from your typical school, your typical high school in Denmark? What's different between the two? Um, in Denmark, we don't have any sports club after school and we only have sports like once a week uh, for an hour and we have, we're in the same classroom all the time and we, we don't change and we have the same class. Um, and I don't have a locker in Denmark and in Denmark, uh, the teachers are not as nice. Okay, so Selena, I saw you in the hallways during locker cleanup right after schools got shut down. And you, at that point, you didn't know um, what was going to happen with your exchange. And you didn't know if you're going to have to go home. Clearly, shortly after then, you got sent back to Denmark from the Rotary Club. What was that like traveling home during, during this whole crazy thing? That was a little weird because there wasn't a lot of people um, in the airport. And I took a flight from Calgary and all the stores were closed in the airport in Calgary. And then as soon as I, I came to Amsterdam, everything was open and people didn't keep a distance. So that was a little weird. Um, and the flights were not full um, and people were wearing face masks and they were uh, using hand sanitizers all the time. So in Denmark, what kind of uh, restrictions have they placed on people or what have they done to try to social distance if they're doing that there? They closed all the schools and said that uh, people should work from home and all the stores got closed. But now everything is about to open again. And some students are already going to school and everything is open. Interesting. That is interesting. Now that you're, uh, now that you're back in Denmark, are there any Canadian stereotypes that, uh, that we played into is there is there any truth to some of the Canadian stereotypes that are out there, or what did you find funny about some of our uh, our little habits? Before I came to Canada, I heard that Canadians were very polite, and I think that's true because people Thank are <laughs> people <laughs> saying sorry out of the blue, even though they haven't done anything wrong, 
And in the end, it was a little annoying that people were saying sorry all the time. <laughs> sorry, sorry, <laughs> sorry about that. <laughs> a, people were saying A all the time after every sentence. And yeah, that's also a stereotype that I think is true. Selena, in the hallway, you told me that um, asking how are you when you walk by is, is considered rude in Denmark. Do you remember that conversation? I do, yeah. Because, so uh, even even though you're saying we're so polite, you're you were actually calling me rude in the hallway. I think. Yeah, because a lot of people were asking, "How are you?" all the time, and then they were just walking by and they didn't want to hear my answer, and then I <laughs> didn't get a chance to say "How are you?" back because they were already gone. <laughs> <laughs> so that was a little strange. So uh, we'd like to say thank you very much to our first foreign guest on Vimeo coming to us all the way from Denmark. Uh, former Vimy grade 11 student, uh, Selena Jensen. Thanks a lot for joining us on the, on the Vimy Air podcast. Thanks, Selena. Thanks, Selena. You're welcome. All right. Thanks again, Selena, for joining us from across the pond and making this podcast uh, more international than it's ever been. But Sam's just vibrating right now because he wants to get something off his chest, something, something that's just been bugging him from this whole interview. So, Sam, go ahead. Selena is the best badminton player I've ever played against. <laughs> and she absolutely throttled me. I'm more than happy to admit that I lost. I'm, I'm not that bad at badminton. And I would, I would venture a guess or an estimation that she is the best badminton player to walk through Vimy as a student ever. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Wow. So in keeping with the international theme, I have, uh, I was thinking of a, of a pretty funny story and maybe you three can come up with your own little story here about, about travel. My wife and I were taking off for our honeymoon and we were to fly out at, I think our flight left at 10 AM. So not super early, but if you know my wife and I were not, my wife isn't the, the biggest of morning people and we like to procrastinate and save our packing till the bitter end. So the night before we were packing and getting ready to go on our honeymoon. And my brother was coming to pick us up that morning to take us to the airport. Lo and behold, we slept in, missed our alarm. And my brother is calling the house phone, you know, half an hour after when he was supposed to pick us up and going, are you guys still here? What's going on? And so we scramble, get dressed, rush downstairs, get in the car, get all our stuff, get to the airport. We're going to line up to go through the um, security check. And at the time, course I have shorts on they were cargo shorts because those were cool back then and out of my one cargo short pocket I pull out the portable house phone I put it in my pocket no and we way. scrambled to get up that morning and I just looked at Jacqueline and I'm like what is going on and I had to put it through the scan and the guy's just looking at me like what <laughs> well, it was hilarious and so the whole time on our honeymoon I remember I just pull the phone out of the suitcase and be like, Hey, just checking the house messages, seeing if we have anything. <laughs> but that was my, that's, I thought of that as our, this being our international travel episode, but, uh, you guys have any, uh, good quick travel stories? Uh, yeah. A couple of summers ago, Taryn and I went to Greece and one of the stops we made first was in London for a couple of days. And it was just at the time when I think London went through this crazy heat wave, like the hottest it's been in like 80 years, it was like plus 45. And obviously generally that's not their temperature and it's just humid and sticky and gross. And this little Airbnb that we rented was cooking hot and it was in like the top floor of this like townhouse building. And, uh, again, no AC. So when, when we, we went to bed, 
A, jet lag kicks in so you can't sleep. B, you're like sweating and it's sticky. It's 45 degrees and it's gross. So when we went out that day, Taryn soaked two towels and put them in the freezer. And then when we got back and we went to bed, we slept with no sheets, no blankets, nothing but these frozen rock solid towels on our backs to keep us cool because it was so hot and had the worst sleep. I think I sleep, slept maybe 26 minutes all night oh, and set my alarm for 803. Yeah. Set my alarm for, for 803 the next morning, woke up and it just was, it was terrible, but. Just a psychopath with frostbite <laughs> on his back and a 804 wake up. Just to transition away from you guys for a second to something maybe a little more school related. Uh, our partners over in the AAD office have extended the AAD scholarship deadlines. So since 2006, these guys have awarded over $60,000 worth of scholarships to student athletes here at Vimy that are involved in their programs. So if you want more information on that or to check out their, their new deadlines, please visit vimyedmonton.ca slash scholarships. Yeah, good call on that, Mr. Rollheiser. And one more um, add-on to our international slash um, accent podcast here. I'd like to throw out a congratulations to Mr. Andrew Morgan on uh, defending his master's of education the Definitely. other day. Uh, I believe he had to defend it virtually. He didn't go into the U of A to defend. So again, he was the first guest on, on Vimy Air and a huge congratulations to Mr. Andrew Morgan. Yeah, again, congratulations to Andrew Morgan on that. Uh, I want to just say a quick shout out to Sam Fix, Travis Rollheiser, Ronnie Faulkner for having me on. Looking forward to being a part of this. Goodbye for now and stay positive in me. We would again like to thank Jamie Wilson and Selena Jensen for the interviews and the music created by current grade 12 student Shelby Dalton. This entire podcast has been a Vimy Ridge Academy production.